Hey, welcome back to another Gear Talk. This is Noria Podcast, where we are connecting reliability professionals with reliable information. Today, we're going to be talking with Jeremy Drury, and we're going to be talking about IoT, which we know has been hyped up for, for a while now. And we're going to get some practical information from someone who's been doing this for a while, understanding, you know, maybe where do we start? What's realistic? You know, what's actually going to, to go on there? And so, I mean, Jeremy, thank you first and foremost. For, for joining in on us. And one of our core things here with this podcast is to make sure that people understand the individual that they're getting information from. So, Jeremy, if you don't mind, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks, Wes. And let me just start to say, like, I am shocked that this is the first time that you and I are sharing some stage together for as long as we've known each other at this point. I know. So thanks, for, uh, thanks for having me on here. But, absolutely. Uh, yeah. um, hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, my name is Jeremy Drury. Uh, so I've been in the IoT space since about 2015 uh, or so. And so I, um, you know, if you know my story, uh, I was in the startup space in the industrial IoT space, uh, had my own company for for some years, uh, stepped away from the, the industry right around 2020. Um, you know, for those that know, like, Trying to get on a factory floor during COVID was just nigh impossible. Maybe we can go ahead and go back and talk about that. Uh, so I left the left the space for a little while, let things cool down. Ended up running an e-commerce company uh, in between. But you know, even though I tried to walk away from IoT, it never walked away from me. And so usually, about every once every couple of weeks, someone uh, you know from the industry was reaching out and asking for questions and all that stuff. And so uh, and so now uh, I run my own consulting practice. Uh, that supports IoT. And so I say like, you know, for a lack of a better uh, metaphor, I help shop floors date vendors uh, because it's, it's like the sixth grade dance still at this point. Y'all don't know how to talk to each other. You know, there's a lot of, <laughs> lot of issues on trying to get through pilots. You know, all that pilot purgatory stuff is still, still working. So, you know, by being not affiliated with a specific vendor, it really helps me to kind of put the right pieces together for people and help them overcome, you know, some, uh, some roadblocks, uh, you know, and trying to get, uh, you know, get this IoT thing finally up and running at, at scale. Uh, and Industry 4.0, in my personal humble opinion, still out there somewhere. You know, we're still trying right. to figure out how to get from Industry 3.0 to 4.0, see some bright spots, uh, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Now, I think the, the, the all of this rolls up into people are excited about what is actually out there, right? People like the idea of the, um, you know, I've heard it ter uh, called like the lights out plant, right? Where everything's kind of running in the dark, everything's automated. Um, we're getting alerts on our phone or email or something when something goes, goes bad. And everyone, I think, wants to get there. But like you said, I mean, I, I love the sixth grade dance analogy. Maybe they don't necessarily know how to get there, know where to start. So, if you don't mind kind of in your experience, you know, common pitfalls, you know, what, what are people, you know, stumbling in, you know, where, where should they start? I know there's a lot to unpack here, but what are yeah. some of your thoughts? Man, I, you know, and, and Wes, I know you and I align on this. And so I try like I, to be fair, like I'm a macro guy at heart. I love talking big picture stuff. I get most activated and excited by big picture stuff. Uh, so engineers listening, hang tight, you know, we'll get into some detail <laughs> stuff, but I, you know, like when I, you know, we were at Reliable Plant, Wes. I love that you started talking about like sociocultural impacts in one of your, uh, you know, one of your panels. Mm -hmm. I was just like, yeah, that that's that's some issues because let's talk about trusts. Let's actually yeah. start with trust, right? So I work uh, my, in my daytime job. I have some partners that I work with whose sole job is they actually instrument 
military fighters in active war zones with sensing technology to pr- predict behaviors and mm-hmm. manage and, and measure trust in technology. Because you better believe if I'm in an active war zone, I need to know my gun's going to fire when I pull the trigger. I need to know the bomb's going to go when I do that. Like that is foundational in the human to machine teaming is what they call it. Machine, there's like machine to machine teaming, human to machine teaming and so on. And their research has shown that, you know, when it comes to human to human trust, we all break each other's trusts all the time, right? It's just part of part of the human experience. Uh, and we find ways to reconcile most of the time and figure it out. They have proven uh, through their research that uh, once a human breaks trust with technology, it's nigh impossible to regain that trust. Um, and so think about like a modern workplace of, or you go into a building and you can't get on the internet as quickly as you want to and all that. I mean, patience is just gone. And so I take all of that back and say a lot of the reason that the, uh, you know, kind of sixth grade dance uh, is, is there is because like the, the whole industry 4.0 movement broke trust out of the gate because once like venture capitalists and all that private money got uh, got wind of this kind of revolutionary, uh, highly disrupting potential technology, you know, called industry 4.0 and IoT, all this money got thrown into coming up with startups left and right, big ideas. I mean, man, Wes, I know you probably remember this, but like going to trade shows in like 2016, 2017 around IoT, I was just like, oh my gosh, look at everyone saying a bunch of nothing. All the promises. And it's like, you go and try to talk to somebody and be like, so wait, what do you do? And they're just like, ah, you know, whatever. We'll do a little bit of whatever you want us to be, we'll be. And like, you know, as well as I do, man, that shop floor has got some of the most necessary, like by necessity, skeptical people uh, sure. in the world, you know? And so you've got all yep. these, you know, uh, goofball kind of non, non value add startups going in there. And they really like, they really compromised the space at the beginning of industry 4.0 because all these failed pilots, the technology wasn't up to snuff. Nobody really understood the infrastructure to support, you know, all the interoperability stuff was trying to force, you know, the, the old adage was, uh, you know, if, if trying to go to the grocery store to get, you know, milk, bread and beans, having to go to three different checkout counters to like check out for each individual item before you go out to your car. Like that's right. what that's what the beginning early days of Industry 4.0 looked like for a lot of these shop floors. And so the whole like the whole possibilities in that space, like ground to a halt immediately. Now, fortunately, right. you know, and I've talked about this a little bit is that, you know, if there was one good thing that came out of COVID, a lot of the riffraff got kind of pushed out uh, oh, sure. you know, of the market. And, you know, for a lot of the VC funding and all that, uh, you know, a lot of these firms, they just, you know, they, they got bored. They got, you know, they didn't want to play the long game. And IoT is very much a long turned game. into a long game uh, yeah. for a lot of reasons that I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll get into. And so one of the things that we always prided ourselves on, uh, you know, with my IoT company was one, we actually spun out of a hydraulics distributor. So we we knew we were wrench turners and all that before we were technology people, right? right. And so, you know, we and so our desire was to bring actual, you know, helpful technology um, that that gave you contextual information uh, to monitor your equipment. So what I mean by that is, hey, not just a widget on a widget telling you about that widget, but it was like, hey, not only are we gonna look at your pump health, but let's also monitor your like overall fluid health and your filtration health. Because even if I tell you that, hey, this pump has an issue, you're still blind to potentially how far upstream or downstream be doing. that issue is, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, trying to find, again, looking for those back to like, when you go to date those vendors, who actually has something that's helping you tell a better story 
you know, as far as when it comes to like reliability and machine health, you know, than someone just trying to come in and either a sell a dream, uh, you know, or give you something that that is incrementally helpful at best. But we know like the cost and the time cost that go into getting these pilots started. It's not worth it for incremental value. We need that exponential value that I think we're still trying to uncover. So do you think uh, realistically, right, when people start down this this pathway and they say, hey, we want to get into to IoT, we want to use sensors, that they're using that as just a, a general term that they haven't even identified maybe what that story is that they want or what the information yeah. is? Is that the problem? Man, let me – I, I could take the whole podcast talking about, uh, talking about <laughs> this one. So let me, let me try and hit, hit some brevity here. So, like, one of the things that I absolutely love – that you all do, and I think you're best in class at it, is like creating reliability culture inside companies. Because I will tell you the a hidden skill set that I see plague businesses of all shapes and sizes and industries is not knowing how to properly sequence strategy and steps yep. and implementation plans. Uh, and it's most simple. We always talk about ready, aim, fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, for most shop floors, it's just fire, fire, fire because of the constant fires that we're trying to put out. So we don't even give ourselves, you know, one of the curses I think the speed of modern business puts on a lot of companies is they don't even give us the capacity to think critically about our problems. Like there's so much limited time capacity to even think strategically how to solve, you know, for, for a problem. And so like, man, Wes, it would be so easy for me to say, you know, yeah, let's, let's find the silver bullet. Sure. I could go and put some fluid health, uh, sensors, you know, inside, uh, you know, inside your system, um, and some particle counters, you know, and we could look at ferrous versus non-ferrous. And I could give you, I could give you some details around your fluid, but like, if you're doing that before you set a baseline of like reliability, um, and like a baseline, like, you know, oil health program, uh, like inside, I, it's, it's bad money. You're, you're throwing, you're throwing, you know, you're throwing good money after bad at that point. You right. Know? So, you know, we, I mean, we used to laugh like, uh, and, and let me just take a quick aside there. Like most of these shop floors, it's, it's the culture that they have to be in, right? No one shows up to work and be like, you know what, today I'm going to go out of my way to put a dirty rag to plug a hole <laughs> in a pipe because like, that's what yeah. I, that's like, that's what excites me. No, it's just like, I've got to like my hair's on fire. I just got to do a quick, a quick solve. Right. And so like, I, I acknowledge that a lot of the realities that we face is just because it's the realities of the like shrunken workforce with higher production goals than we've ever had trying to just like navigate our way through. And so, you know, so I would just, I would highly caution, you know, for those in the reliability, uh, you know, in the reliability practice in the, you know, director of operations level kind of roles is really kind of like timeline that out and say, okay, like, when like what needs to kind of predate viable valuable installation of iot and technological support to then unlock something down here right because so do i have do i have the right people in place do i have the right programs in place do i have the right buy-in in place you know what does my baseline operation look like because that's only going to bolster and enhance the technology that you put in there to then ultimately be able to go and have a high level uptime conversation with your C-suite to say, hey, I've yeah. now netted you an, an additional 50 million a year because we've been able to pr- produce that many more widgets. Yeah. You know? So it's that kind of like, how do we properly sequence 
So I think we just try and chase those silver bullets to solve like quick time problems. And I mean, I think it's important to point out, right? It has to align with you know your corporate strategy, your corporate values. I mean, some of those things they're doomed to fail because they don't fit into how you operate your plant or even kind of what your belief systems are, right? I mean, you walk into to some plant and, you know, it'll it'll say, you know, our core values at this company, you know, safety is is number one. And we're gonna put something out there that could make something maybe unsafe. Well, I mean, no, that's not gonna happen, right? right. Or right. uh innovation, you know, is one of our core values, right? I mean, those are the things that you you start tying towards, right? Of saying, all right, we're going to do it. It is our core value, but it has to beget us something as well. I think so many people, you know, want to change for change's sake, which I mean, change is not inherently good or bad in my opinion, right? It's what you right. do with that to, to make it good. And I, I think that's where, okay, let me talk about from the lubrication side of things, right? People say, Hey, we need to do a, we need to have a better lubrication program because we're having a rash of machine failures, or maybe we're spending so much on lubricants, or maybe we don't have a dedicated staff to do it. So we need to make sure that we know what all's happening. And they, they view it as such a project base, right? That we're going to, we're going to focus on lubrication for this two month period, and then it'll be good, right? It's, it's solved at that point. No, I mean, it's yep. a continual thing. And I'd imagine that IOT kind of falls into that too. Hey, we're going to focus on it, you know, really hard for six months and then it will have it all figured out and not realizing now there's probably a lot of progression to this. Well, no, I, say, I love that Wes, because yeah, I mean, like, cause I always, I always used to laugh with people and it's like, okay, wait, so you want me to come in and help you like predict the life of your filtration, but you don't even do first in first out when you replace your filters, you know? And so like, <laughs> so, you know, like let's, let's make sure that because if, if you, if you're not, if you're struggling on that, then yeah. who's going to have the time capacity or mindset to actually like dive into the data and figure something out now? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Cause we, I mean, one guy that I used to really love working with, um, you know, shop floor, uh, you know, shop floor guy, he was always like, Jeremy, like, I just want all the data. Just give me all the data. And it's like, <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Nope. 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 You know, like let's, let's get very specific. And so kind of back to that, back to that example that you were talking about there is like, yes, like, clearly define the the bigger problem that you're trying to solve for first right so like with a lubrication you know a lubrication program you know it's okay so we're you know someone who's in that world every day like they just they you know again shop floor people man like they're like gut for understanding problems some of the best in class right like right. you just walk through and you just know like man something's just not right yeah about this and so then they say okay like i think it's our lubrication we need to I think we're losing a lot of like uptime, you know, because of, because of lubrication issues, you know? And so that to me sets a, a perfect opportunity to marry an IOT pilot with a lubrication program to say, okay, I'm going to actually walk both of these parties in together. And we can all talk about how like the future state of manufacturing reliability has to be a, a multi people in the room, multi vendor in the room kind of approach, because we're just not going to have enough, talent in-house to carry us through like our production requirements. So, you know, but, but we're going to walk both of those in at the same time. And now we're going to set a clear pilot, uh, a pilot objective, a pilot promise, let's call it to say, okay, I believe clearly define the problem. I believe our, you know, we're limitations in our lubrication is causing X amount of downtime or preventing Y amount of uptime a year. So I'm going to bring in a lubrication program, person to say, okay, what do we think we need to do here? And I'm going to bring in an IOT vendor to help validate 
whether or not that program is going to to help and bolster, right? So, okay, so we're going to put a six-month timeline on it. We're going to put $50,000 of budget. All those things need to be there to say, okay, all right, we're willing to invest $50,000 to validate the above hypothesis, see if what needs to happen in our lubrication program actually improves and creates that uptime. We're going to use sensing technology to validate, hey, are we having as many downtime events? Hey, are we actually enabled to make better decisions on where to shift our production to produce X amount of more widgets? That is that perfect harmony that has just been so broken and busted for so many years that like getting all those people, A, quickly into a program to start, because that's the other downfall, right? It's usually that kind of stuff historically. It takes like 15 meetings and like 12 trips and you know all that kind of stuff. I'm like, y'all, your your ROI got burned within your first two meetings, and we haven't even started like monitoring stuff at this point. Right now, you've used the word pilot several times through the podcast mm-hmm. already, so that's the best place to start. Pilot, right? Yeah. I mean, not yeah. to throw it out holistically across the right. balance of machines or anything else. And if if you were able to kind of you know build your ideal kind of pilot you know, program, uh, machine, whatever it is, you know, what, what do you look to kind of identify, you know, a great place to start? Yeah. If if I put on, um, you know, if I'm coming from the customer side, you know, it's going to be again, important for me to, um, couple things, you know, like I, it is absolutely up to me to set the boundaries of the pilot. So boundaries Mm -hmm. mean clarity on the problem, right? Yep. If I say, man, I just need to like completely like reinvent my production operations. Too big, way too big of a problem, right? Narrow it uh, in. To your point, like find find a critical, like what's the thing that just caused you the most headache? What portion of the floor, what piece of equipment, what production operation, what process? So kind of rope that off and then, you know, understand like, again, I, and it may be hard, but it's worth it to ask, like what is the actual like dollar cost of that issue? And then you should be able to then back into the math to say, okay, well, what am I like in my maintenance budget or my op, my operating budget? What am I willing to spend to go invest in an opportunity within the same calendar year to go and can, um, you know, be able to deploy a pilot project? Because again, we're all on annual budget cycles. So That's ideally right. a pilot should, should operate within a budget cycle that validates or invalidates and then still gives you enough time to put that solution at scale in the budget for next year. Because I think a lot of times these these kind of like unending pilot projects, they just creep too much. I mean, when I mm-hmm. presented and talked down at Reliable Plant, uh, you know, it was uh, IoT World, um, you know, had put together some stuff that, it t- that had suggested a big report. It was like taking like 30 months to go from like pilot to scale. Man, that technology changes every 30 days, yeah. you know? And so if it takes you like, you know, upwards of three years, to reach any kind of scale, you're going to have to walk that project back far too often, um, yep. you know, to get any real estate. And so, and so the only other caution I would have coming from the, the factory floor side would be just, you know, again, I, I, I know why they exist. It's just, I would, I would put high caution for the vendors out there who would come in and say, just tell us what your problem is and we'll figure it out. And I just see those really, again, with good intent, because there's sure. really smart people out there that love to dive in and solve problems. 
those have such a hard time, like finding something to like sink into and actually scale, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so just make sure that especially if you're in your early days of IoT uh, and IoT deployment at your shop, make sure you're partnering with vendors who actually have a piece of technology, portions of technology that that don't require a lot of additional support, additional administrative support, additional IT support, because all that's just going to slow it down, impact your budget and all that. Well, it makes sense. And then early on, you also said that there were some bright spots in this field, you know, as it comes to yeah. adoption and actually showing some success. Mind talking to us about maybe some of the bright spots that you see? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I, you know, some of the firms that I've talked to, like actual, like tens of millions of dollars of savings are, are being reflected on balance sheets because of certain IoT deployments, you know, and right. so like, um, and again, some of those come from very like high production logistics, you know, some of those, uh, some of those fields where like downtime power gen, you know, where downtime is just absolutely maniacally, you know, critical to, uh, you know, to prevent, um, you know, and so again, the, the, the ability to come in and solve specific problems. Right. So yeah. this is where I like, I, I love, you know, again, I born out of a, um, a hydraulics distributor. Uh, when we always think about the P to F curve, you know, we always mm -hmm. used to laugh because, you know, fluid guys were always like, man, fluid, fluid lets you know the story's in the oil, you know, the story's mm -hmm. in the oil. It's always going to let you know a little bit sooner than vibration. Uh, I've spent years now with some vibration people and I would say I'm, I'm split. I'm split. I actually yeah. think they work best in tandem, <laughs> right? Yeah. So there's a guy named Will Tudoroff. Great, great guy. He and I used to do a great kind of dog and pony show where he's a vibe guy. He's a high class vibe tech who also gets the fluid, you know, the fluid side and vice versa. And we used to do a little, uh, you know, presentation together where we kind of like battled back and forth, you know, between the two and ultimately we led to like the compliment, complement each other really well, you know, but the, the thing about like vibe, you know, technology, like the hardware really hasn't changed that much over the That's years. Right. It's all the same stuff. It's just, again, like being able to make that data far more like edible, accessible and faster to be yeah. able to, to use, you and know, resolution has improved. Right. I mean, as, as, as far as that. Right. You know, and so, so again, like I have found more success with the companies that actually have a product a piece mm -hmm. of hardware, a piece of sensing hardware that they kind of vertically stack with the, you know, with the IoT components on there to drive, you know, more success and like real time, you know, feedback and response on, oh, this is actually generating new money for me customer because my machine is, you know, 30% more online than it was last year. Right. Rather than the ones that really kind of come in and say, okay, I'm a software company and we're just going to try and like, integrate into like every corner of your space those just lead have tend to lead to a lot of like blindness and invisibility into like some of these root you know root issues uh you know that i think a lot of these companies face well i i want to say first and foremost oil analysis will tell you before vibration i mean i wouldn't be doing my job if <laughs> yeah. if i don't retort that but I, yeah. I do think that they are they are better in tandem absolutely yeah. right i mean that's yeah. absolutely true but hey we're getting a, a little bit long in the the tooth here in terms of time um i want to make sure that you know you get the the last word here so any last little pearls of wisdom and then also you know how would people get a hold of you yeah, absolutely. No, thanks. I, and, and as a secret, I also agree with you, Wes, uh, <laughs> you, know, but, um, you know, but again, it's, it's, it's all, it's all good and well, right. If yeah. any, any technology that you're putting in to try and help prevent or create uptime, it's a win, you know? And again, I would just go back and say like, you know, 
really lean on the folks at Norio, like you guys, to like set the baseline programs in place because IoT, it needs to find footing on stable ground. And so some of these like baseline programs, you know, need to need to be in, you know, need to be in place. Um, yep. You know, and so I would just I would remind people to, you know, keep keep fighting the good fight. You know, I'll again say there are a, a number of far better vendors out there today, you know, with IoT solutions than there were even 18 months ago. That's you know, correct. so don't be afraid to keep down the path and exploring. Just set up the pilot programs, uh, you know, better um, to just gain more, gain more and faster, you know, faster traction. Um and as I mentioned before, like I'm, I'm here to help with that. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I have a website, jeremydrewiot.com. Uh, so it's D-R-U-R-Y. You can also reach out to me, jeremydrewiot at gmail.com. Again, as you know, Wes, I'll talk about this stuff all day. It's very activating for me uh, because, again, like I'm, you know, I know I kind of teased at the beginning of my reliable plant presentation that, you know, IoT maybe be DOA because it just hasn't reached right. the, the traction that it needs to. Um, and C-suites are starting to focus more on AI. Uh, so maybe we can have another podcast where we talk about AI, uh, yeah. you know, and other future stuff on this, but, you know, focus specific on IoT. It still has the capacity and bandwidth to radically reshape uh, modern manufacturing, uh, you know, and so we just need to kind of keep the pace and focused on it. Uh, here, to help with, here to help with that. And, you know, I know like you guys are as well. And so, you know, appreciate, again, everything that Noria does. You guys are such a great great crew uh, over there. Some of the, some of the best people. It's always, always a pleasure to work with you guys. Well, Jeremy, we definitely appreciate it. And I mean, you're always fantastic. Uh, yeah, your, your address at, uh, at RP, I mean, absolutely killed it. And I mean, I love the title IOT is DOA. I mean, it's yeah. great for everyone that, that missed it. Um, I think we have a video of it that, that we'll try to get up there as well, but, uh, yeah. they'll have to come and, and listen to you next year. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that you're coming back and I would there. love to have you back on the podcast because yeah, I think yeah. AI is, is a very interesting topic for sure, but, yeah. uh, we'll have to save that one for the next time, huh? Got it. So for everyone that's been joining us on this episode, thank you so much for, for listening to us. If you do have you know comments, suggestions, or even topics that you'd like us to discuss, you can always email us at podcast at noria.com, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Gear Talk. Yeah.